Welcome to the Color Auntie Podcast. My name is Grace, joined by my co-host, Kozan. And we are so glad that you're here with us. We're just your northern girls trying to live our best life. We're here to help you through those dreadful morning commutes, or if you're just wanting to hear Quay out of things you may be experiencing, because both Quay and I have been there. We don't really know what we're doing in life, but we're hoping to figure it out with you along the way. <laughs> yeah. So listen, your podcast aunties love ya. Welcome back to the Call Her Andy podcast. It's a new year. This is our second episode in 2021. Thank you for joining with us. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, we're still trying to figure out how to survive and we're glad you're along for the ride. It's yeah. almost our one year too. Our oh one my year. God. We got to actually pin down that date. Yeah. We will have so, to. Here on, okay, I'm really excited because here on this episode, we have the most famous person who can come from Manitou Park. Um, he, is, <laughs> he is legit famous, and I do consider him like a star that we know. He really does have an IMDb. <laughs> you may know him as Slash on Letterkenny, as Wade's son from CBC's Trickster Stu Little Chief in Indian Horse, or perhaps you know him best as Sammy Mustache from The Lesser Blessed. And if you're from the Sioux and you participated in the Little Wolf program, he could have been your point, your point guard. And if you went to Nag when it was in Denver, you could have also played against him. We're, but we're so excited to have this guest on who is a son, a brother, an uncle, a cousin, and now Shelby's soon-to-be husband, Please welcome our first guest for the new year, Dylan Cook. Yay! Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is so exciting. Thank you so much for being on, Dylan. And I'm excited. Like, I want to first, so you and Quay grew up together. Like, you guys are the same age, went to the same school, or what's, what's the situation between Yeah, you? well, she's hey, we're like, not the same age. Yeah. No, <laughs> like, okay, we will. Yeah. I'll cut that up. Just kidding. No, no, no. I'm 31 and Dylan, you're 28. Yeah. 28. But we both played basketball growing up. Um, oh, okay. And we're both just two resers. So. So we, we... obviously met some and uh, yeah, on, on the basketball courts, she's always playing mm-hmm. at Manitou and uh, Little Wolf program. So, and we're, we're buddies since, since then, like what? Like grade seven or eight. If I yeah. was in grade eight, you would have been in grade like five. Yeah, I was like, I was just a, kid, <laughs> a little punk too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and that, that, that's kind of how we started getting into into basketball too, is, you know, like meeting Quay and uh, and, and doing the Little Wolf program. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Yin, Tyler's dad. Yeah. Great guy. RP. Thanks for having If he didn't, I feel like if he didn't, I can attest a lot of my pro- my my going on to like play varsity and stuff to him because if he didn't let me come in the program and play in addition to all the hours I spent like playing against other girls and then playing against you guys I don't know if I would have been have learned a lot more different things than I than to, to know how to play you know what I mean if I didn't and, get that experience he didn't allow me in that program and it was just like quality court time uh, with people from all different levels from people from from just playing high school to people who had university and college experience so it was uh it was really awesome to see that and you know everyone became such good friends too as well Mm -hmm. um yeah i 
what, right? Because we even we was. even played in that program with like Rick. Yeah, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jesse, Jam. Yeah, damn. Shit, Kenny. Oh, like, oh yeah. my god, let me let me go cry for a second. I know. It, that okay. and that, yeah, that's. Uh, I don't know. I'm. Mean, it's sad, but it's also a, a reality you see on many other many other first nation reserves and um i mean mm-hmm. we, we were lucky enough to have you i think such great guidance and and great people around us um for sure i don't know what would have been or what how like growing up would have been like if it wasn't for like tyler's dad to do that program exactly and with people like that i i think that a lot yeah i think that our lives became a lot more enriched by the 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 entire thing and um i just i just really hope to see a lot more of that in first nation communities and um that's why i just love taking part in uh everything you guys do with humber and the the knowledge gatherings and all that for sure i think too that like programs that because the Sioux where we grew up so Dylan I'll let you explain where you're from but like the Sioux and Thunder Bay there's so these like unique places and same with other cities like Winnipeg because they're like these kind of hubs surrounded by First Nation communities and they have this like really good opportunity to make programs like we participated in and to change lives like our lives have changed yeah so with that where did you grow up tell us about that well I I grew up well I grew up in kind of between all three like I'm a member of Bajuana First Nation so that's where uh, that was my first home I can remember with my mother and uh, Garden River where my my grandmother's from and uh, Sault Ste. Marie so I was really kind of blessed to be mixed within all all three communities and uh, yeah so this is my home um, it's it's weird to have gone, I don't know, gone, moved away and then have, mm-hmm. have come back um, because I always used to think like, oh yeah, I'm from, I'm from Batchewana, but really like in the grand scheme of it all, once you've been away for a while, all three, I consider my home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're back living and we'll, we'll get, we'll get to where you're moving to when you were before. So I've been to Sault Ste. Marie a couple times because when you guys were talking about sport, so that's where me and Quay like clicked when we first met too, because she played basketball, but I was a varsity curler. And when you're talking about like community basketball and all that, it's exciting because a lot in Thunder Bay, a lot of the community, like surrounding communities, like White Sand even, and well, White Sand actually is right beside Armstrong, which is a small town, and they built a curling rink. And in Thunder Bay, they have like a First Nation curling tournament where it's just for like Indigenous people to play. Like it's a super popular sport also within our communities, which is super cool, like like basketball. So, <laughs> Oh, yo, that, that's great. I, I, I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, curling. Cur- big here in the Sioux is but, it? Uh, yeah so that's where I'm like getting to is because like with Curly and I traveled all over the place and I've been to the Sioux and I know that you guys have a lot of like 
Italians, I believe, because Thunder Bay is the same and there's so many like pasta mm. places and Italian restaurants. So what is your best pizza place in Sault Ste. Marie? Oh man, I, I, I gotta say, I gotta say Aurora's, um, <laughs> definitely my favorite. And then Perfecto Pizza is definitely up there and, mm -hmm. uh, shout out to Service Grill as well, but, uh, <laughs> where would you place, so, where, so where would you place Mrs. B's? Mrs. B's? Yo, Mrs. B's <laughs> is up there too. Like you can't even, it's, it's, it, it's a, it's a really tough like if, if there was a playoffs, it would be a very close playoff race. I mean, you'd have to buy like each and every individual. You had to buy a pizza from each and every place and just and have to sit down and try it like hot and fresh. You know, hot and fresh for sure. I'm actually up, I'm up for that challenge. So I'm going to like I'm going to write these all down. And next time in the, I'm in the Sioux, which will probably be in the summer when I drive past it, I'm going to try all those pizza places. But well. We're it's it, it's amazing it really is like I, i've never had pizza like you know i've been to toronto and I, i've gone to i've searched out the pizza places and i just i can't find pizza like they do like to have in the soup are they all yeah. the, the same like the same thickness of crust like i want to say mm -hmm. hamilton has like a has a pretty good restaurant like buzz as well and they have tons of pizza restaurants so we just tried one the other week called Mai Tai. No, I say Mai Tai. It's Mai Pie. And oh. it's, it's Detroit style pizza. So it's like they cook the um, the crust first. So it's like a, a really thick crust. Mm -hmm. And then they put the toppings on top. So it, like Chicago style is like, it's deep, right? And like, yeah, it's like a pie, but this one's like just thick crust. And that's really good. Interesting. Interesting. I like to try the Detroit style pizza. I we I don't think we we usually they usually have those here. No, uh, but if you do like diabetes, Mrs. B's crust is for you. <laughs> it's very sweet. And it's like it's got, it's got like sugar in it, I think, or something. It's, yeah. oh, it's it's out of this it's world. It's really sweet. Yeah, but it's good. Like it's a good mix. He wouldn't have thought a sweet crust would work well. So right. or maybe you do. Yeah, I think so. Sugar and pizza. Well, I know you put a, I've made dough before. Sometimes you do put a little bit of sugar. I don't know, just to like balance out something else. I don't know. So maybe she just puts more. You never know. And I I think that Aurora's has that kind of sweeter crust too as well. It's it's different. Um, I don't, I, I don't like, my, I don't like it too thick of a crust, even like thin crust pizza. Uh, before, um, Service Grill originally was, um, originally was owned by a man named Joe, and he was a super, super nice guy. He was uh, great friends with my dad. My dad did tons of signs for him. My my, my dad's a he's like he was a sign painter uh, for a long time. And uh, this guy, him, him and his his wife from Italy, and his mother from Italy would be there. And it was this old. It looked like it was a place out of like Back to the Future, the original Service Girl. And he, he probably, I think he retired and sold a place in, I don't know, mid 2000s, 2006 or so. But, oh man, he was, uh, he was a great guy. Like my, my dad said, he used to, uh, he used to drive cab and pizza. So you get the pizza. Hey, like, where do you want to go? And, uh, you he was, uh, he was a super cool guy. And I felt like he was kind of like a staple in like our, our little neighborhood. 
um joe he's a sweetheart but they had a very thin crust pizza and uh it was different yeah you would think like it's not it's like the cheese is just gonna fall right off there but like the way they cooked it it was uh, absolutely out of this world and so authentic because yeah. a lot. so i've been to italy and i've like had their pizza and i'm just so like accustomed to like greasy like pizza like pizza which is nothing close to like their so a lot of people when they go to italy are like actually i prefer like pizza in canada over like italy's pizza and it's true because we're so used to just like it not being what it's supposed to be like you know yeah exactly and I, I felt like he they made just such a perfect little balance of yeah like family their family recipe and uh they were just such sweet people um I'm not sure where they're up to today but yeah I think I think of old Joe yeah, yeah. this could just be so, like a food podcast I, like we could just talk, I, was, <laughs> I have wait I have one I question could have a pizza for an hour if you want I was I just gonna I was just going to say, so what our listeners, listeners didn't know, 2021, we're the pizza podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, I have a question I've been meaning to ask because in previous episodes, Quay's talked a lot about Pinos. Is that no. Pinos? So where does Pinos like end up on your rank- ranking list? Their, their pizza, it's like they usually don't like deliver. So you would never, you wouldn't think to, to get it. But it, if you go there and you... Mm-hmm say hey can i get a pizza and you have to fire up the oven they'll they'll cook it right they'll put the toppings on flip the dough right in front of you yeah put it in it's the oven, stone cooked and there oh. and watch it cook on the stone thing and if you but, get it from the oven it is absolutely delicious it's it's a different pizza i mean you could get the crust thick or thin whatever <laughs> you want but it's it's different it I, is I, and I'm like the- pizza connoisseur it's <laughs> And me and Shelby, that's what we do on the weekends. We go to different pizza places. Uh, and yes, sometimes we go to two restaurants in the same weekend. You know what? You got to support all these small businesses during the That's true. Yeah. Tonight, and we're like, we've got to do this more often. Like we're actually like, you know, doing a, like a good favor in, you know, supporting these businesses. Well, the one to- thing though, I have to say, Dylan, and Grace, before when we mentioned Pinos, is that the Pinos pizza, that the thing that's most critical is that they're to, ready to go to your oven. So you buy it pre-made, and yeah. then whenever this is like perfect for the holidays, perfect for birthday parties. You buy like a one-two pre-made pizza, you pop it in the oven, um, and then like it's easy, it's cheap, it's like yeah, they're so good. Yeah, it's so good. So that's where that's where Pinos are in their own niche category, where it's like you have yeah. to buy it there and then take it home. Yeah, you can just get. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. It's true. Um, Metro used to do the same thing, but mm-hmm. uh, not anymore. I haven't seen it. So um, I'm gonna update Metro. your bio, like, and say pizza connoisseur, like that. <laughs> pizza connoisseur. That please. Please put that on the on the description. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll 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 add that, edit that in. But Koi, you want to roll into the next question we have? Yeah. So also, we're going to edit your title. Is um, you have a doctorate in pizzeria? Pizza. Yeah. You guys, you, you guys, <laughs> this right? You guys can edit this right? Yeah. We, yeah. I do the editing. Yeah. Okay. 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 It's fine. <laughs> so okay. I can switch. Like, be, just kidding. I swear, you can swear all you want. I swear all the time, and Grace yeah, is like, okay. 
All right, so let's get into it then, Dill. We want to know a little bit more about you. You're an actor. You're like an artist. Is there anything else that you want our listeners to know about you before we go deeper into this podcast? Um, I am um, I'm an aircraft paint technician. Uh, uh, it's a job I really enjoy. Uh, I, I work in aviation. It's a, like a skill trade. And uh, that's a place called JD Arrow. They're they're awesome. Um, they're like an aircraft maintenance facility based in Sault Ste. Marie. We do like complete overhauls of like uh, Q400 aircraft. So like dual prop airplanes. Usually the ones you fly like uh, like Porter aircrafts. We, we work on Porter as well. And um, they're a great employer. And it's just, a, it's a really interesting job. Um, just to be doing painting on a, a large scale and for like an industrial setting. So you're not so much looking at, at it as like an artistic approach. You're looking at it as like a, like structurally, you want to make sure it's what you're doing is protected and, and safe. Right. Uh, at all times. So it's like a very particular job and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, close attention to detail, but that's something I, I really, really enjoy doing. Because um, mm-hmm. you kind of get that balance, right? Um, right. The artistic blend and and uh, working like it's, with... Your- it, it's a skilled trade, like you said. Like, you have to know about how the safety requirements and stuff, and, like, but you still get to do your thing. Oh, oh yeah. And it's like, it's, it's all safety, 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 safety. Like, everything is checked, double track, triple track. You're like, to the point of, to the point where sometimes it's frustrating, but you, you know, you realize, you, you know, that it's, it's for a damn good reason. And uh, I just, I, I really, uh, I enjoy that part of my life because it's, it's work, right? And sometimes, I've worked in jobs that have felt really mundane and, um, and just kind of tiring, but it's great when you can work in a job where you're kind of with a new challenge every day. Um, yeah. And plus a lot of cool aircrafts, right? Like, you know, all kinds of stuff comes in. I've Um, never actually heard of like that job before. Like my, my brother actually just took, um in Thunder Bay aircraft maintenance so I don't yeah. know if that's kind of like the same path yeah, yeah well like yeah we work like hand like side by side with with uh with the aircraft maintenance folk like mechanics and yeah. and engineers and stuff like that and uh I, I would recommend doing aircraft maintenance mm-hmm. as opposed to uh aircraft painting just because you're dealing with a lot of chemicals and stuff and paint and mm-hmm. no matter how much you you use your ppe i mean ultimately you're, you're going to be exposed to it yeah. and uh and so and that's kind of why i've been thinking about moving into the maintenance part as well um but they pay great uh, aircraft maintenance oh, pays great. Awesome. if you get your license yeah you'll you'll be doing well for yourself and you'll be working with your hands so to any any young you know aboriginal youth uh any youth out there who are thinking about getting into a skill trade uh you should yeah. definitely look at uh aircrafts because it's crazy fun man it's crazy fun 
and there's so like, much you like airplanes to do like behind the scenes like what you're mm-hmm. what you're doing is exactly like what like my point like I didn't know even that was okay. like if I actually thought about it deeper I would like assume but you know like that's really cool what you're doing oh it's a it's a blast and um I also work I also work behind the scenes sometimes in in film um mm-hmm. as a painter you want to tell us Oh, as a painter, I was going to say, do you want to tell us a little more about your film experience and maybe talk about what you consider your first big role? Oh, okay. I, I, I always consider like each role I get like really special mm-hmm. to me, especially if, if I get it. Um, Cause you know, you kind of, you, you kind of can, you know, you kind of connect with like whatever role you're, you're doing for, for the most part. And um I always think it's just great that whoever had that vision for that film, you know, kind of chose me. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, I would say like my first big role was my first role, Mustache Sammy. Because <laughs> 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 uh, it was, it was really, it was a really cool experience. Uh, I had never, I had never auditioned for, for a film before. I was, I always did, uh like drama skits and stuff for school like volunteered and and did all did all that kind of stuff but uh drama class was always in the same with football and basketball season so Mm -hmm. if you want to go do the play well you can't play football or basketball and yeah I was always going to play football and basketball um so but it was acting was always something that I always really wanted to get into I I auditioned once for something as, as as a young kid for this Chennai Twain TV movie. I didn't get the role, but it's interesting because I'll, I'll lead back to this later. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was, it was the lesser blessed. The director, Anita, Anita Doran, she's a super, super awesome lady. Um, a great, great artist. And the, the film was based off the best-selling book by Richard Van Camp, um, awesome indigenous author. And mm-hmm. um him and Anita wrote the screenplay together. So it was kind of cool to see um, a mix of like indigenous and non-indigenous people working together. And mm. uh, she was a very sweet lady and she, she handled directing that film with such respect and um, just reverence, I would say towards everyone who worked on the film you know and because it, it the film was a you know it was about some pretty intense stuff uh about about a young boy kind of coming of age and kind of dealing with the the things of his past and um i've i felt really honored to be just a little a little comic relief in that story and um she she, she let me be a part of that and i met some really really talented actors I got to work with uh, Benjamin Bratt. Uh, he was a really great guy. Um, Kiowa Gordon, Adam Butcher, mm-hmm. Chloe Rose, Joel Evans, who played who played the lead, and uh, yeah, and and Anita even let me uh, kind of ad ad lib my uh, my my one line there about where I where I come from, which I thought that was a really cool experience. Uh, you know, just kind of being able to be free in a community sure. role, right? And uh, so I've, I really love that experience. And it was my first time, I guess, uh, being on a real film set. 
So mm -hmm. I would say that was uh, my first big role. So you kind sure. of, that's really cool. And okay, before I get into my next question, uh, that's like the role that my family loves to like <laughs> amp Dylan up with all the time. Sammy Mustache. My family's like, oh my God, is that Sammy Mustache? Yeah. Can I get an autograph? <laughs> like we are so diehards for Dylan and like so amazed to see him like on CBC, on any screen, on any movie, anything, like even like the production in the background we're like so proud that like this guy is out and doing it yeah. and like Every yeah we just... I'm gonna get on I'm gonna remember I'm gonna think of Dylan <laughs> guys and you know Quay thanks for always supporting me you and your fam you guys drove me to countless basketball tryouts and everything Sudbury Barry wherever right. wherever we went you guys always had my back in whatever I uh, I choose to I chose to do um, and I want to say, I want to tell everyone, me and you lasted in the beep test in the Sudbury Nag tryouts for the longest. That's right. <laughs> we did. We, we, uh, we placed, we placed one, two. That was, yeah. uh, that so was. So if anyone wants to challenge us in the beep test in 2021, give us a year for 2022 and we'll be ready. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got stamina. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm quitting smoking for 2021. So I'll be ready <laughs> by 2022. Yeah. Uh, so tell us now if you want to challenge us. Yeah. My last day of smoking is, is New Year's Eve. Tomorrow is my last day of smoking. Or um, it was, yeah, because we're was. recording for the future. But yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So wait, before we move on, where can we watch the lesser lesser blessed? Um you I know you can buy it on Amazon. Oh. Um mm -hmm. it's in it's in rotation on Netflix on Canada and the U S oh. um, sometimes it plays on APTN. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And You're um, an APTN star, APTN star, like how I always wanted to be <laughs> the APTN You're star <laughs> flat question to um, like, if we have any listeners, you know, that are, <laughs> I don't know why they love it. If we no, have, because you said, I didn't hear that. He said moccasin flats. And that was so funny that he remembered that show from so long ago. Yes, a lot, a lot of good, a lot of good Indigenous actors on that show. Right. So, um, Grace. Yeah. So, if we have like any listeners that are like, you know, wanting to be actors, like, I know that was your first role that made such an impact for you and was, you know, like your first big role. How how do people, you know, make that first step? Like, did you find that, you know, that where to audition like online or heard from a friend like how 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 did you do it and then how would you do it now if someone wanted to step foot into acting um it was it was really weird how it all kind of came about um there was a sudden abundance of films being shot in Sault Ste. Marie uh and Sudbury and surrounding areas and a friend of mine had told me that they were looking for that she had heard that they were looking for a young indigenous male. So sure enough on Facebook, there was a, a casting website that had, had posted um, looking for, you know, a casting call looking for so-and-so sent to this email. Mm -hmm. So I had, uh, I uh, sent the email away uh, with just a, a headshot. And uh, sure enough, they, they asked me to audition in Sudbury. So what I want to say is like, 
to any young person who, who wants to get into it, I mean, you just have to search out for those, for those opportunities. But uh, in, you know, I can always recommend the, like looking at ACTRA or um, joining um, Facebook groups for legit Facebook groups for film and television okay. jobs. Not, and you'll, you'll see the casting calls. I'll look up casting directors there's a, there's mm-hmm. a list of casting directors in Ontario and they, they all have uh, lots of them have individual Facebook pages and whatnot. And they post their own calls there, especially open casting calls. So, yeah. and uh, you could, you could check it out that way. And that's, that's kind of what happened to me was I just kind of heard it through word of mouth. And, um, and you also got to be willing to go out and get after it. Right. They were like, well, can you be in Sudbury in two days for mm-hmm the audition okay you know hopped in my car and drove out there and um yeah and that that's kind of how it went and I would say just don't don't be afraid to don't be afraid to to fail like especially when it comes to some with something like acting like uh, just because you don't get the part doesn't mean that um that casting director might not have might have taken interest in you and said oh well maybe oh, well maybe this guy or girl would be great for doing this or i could see them envisioning in this part so i like every opportunity that you jump at there's always going to be something that comes back to you even if it's not what you think you know the uh the reward would be like say getting the part well what if they have you what if they want you to audition for another film that you have no friggin' idea about? Yeah. Right. Like so you got yourself out there and that's like a big part already. Yeah. So I'd say, put, don't be afraid to put yourself out there and have some tough skin. Uh, that's I'm all. I'm definitely not for that. I do not have thick skin. <laughs> I was going to say that too. I'm like, that's yeah. not something I have. <laughs> yeah. I'm like not cut out for it. <laughs> me and I, I don't mean like be tough or anything like because I honestly I'm one of the like most sensitive like humans ever you can ask Quay like I I get emotional over a lot of things and it's, and I had a really hard time with it especially starting out think oh like what is something wrong with me this or that why didn't they like me but it's really not about that it's really not about what you need to understand if you're a young gonna be a young actor just don't understand it's not about like you at all it's just what they envision for the part so just Mm -hmm. um move forward blindingly but with purpose and uh, what I mean by that is um just don't let any no's get in your way like you don't see them but always remember how you can improve and get better um Mm -hmm. it's just like a like an art like you just you always get better at it so I um yeah, just work hard and uh, have fun too. I wanted to take a little backtrack though, where you mentioned um, and your Anita Doran, who worked collaboratively with um, the author for The Lesser Blessed. And back in 2020, at the end of 2020, there was all that stuff that came out about Trickster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to talk about that because identity and all that is in its its own kind of um tornado (laughs) a little bit 
but um, I want to know, like, you, as you were an actor on Trickster, like, what do you want people to know, though, about the experience that you had as an actor on set? Like, tell us about the good things that came from it. Trickster's done a lot of great things. I'm telling mm-hmm. you, like, I really, really think that this series is um, an amazing story by a, an awesome author. And um, I, I just, I can't wait to see what else they do. I'm, I, I, my thoughts and prayers and everything are with the entire cast and crew. And I hope they can move forward and continue making some great art because I really love working with them all. Uh, and we I, definitely it, think that you should be one of the primary characters for season two. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I'm gone. He's 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 long past. He's long yeah, past. he's long past. We need to have like oh. the memories brought up again or something for season two. You need more yeah. screen time. Yeah, I yeah. was waiting. Yeah, <laughs> a long time to see you. <laughs> no, it was um, it was it was honestly a real blessing just to be just to be a part of the series. Um, regardless of what happened with Michelle and all mm-hmm. that, I just don't want any of that to take away from uh, the hard work that everyone in that show put in um, close friends on that show and they you know they they worked their butts off and I think that uh for the most part it was it was beautiful I mean it was the first season so right maybe they'll maybe they'll take that note and you know I want to see some more you know art and um culture from the people of Kitimat that would be for sure so like you said it was the first season. It's the first time really that true Indigenous culture is being represented on on like a, a primary channel like CBC. And if we think back to like when television and stuff first started, we weren't even able to like represent ourselves. There were like yeah. white people put in our positions. And that's why like headbands were a thing. Like we never wore headbands, but people, they needed to keep the wigs on the actresses. So they put on the headbands on top of the wigs. It was never our jam. So you're completely right, Dylan. And I'm so glad that you like reminded us of that, that this is like, the, it's the just, very, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just little things. I mean, it's little things, but it's big things like uh, uh, similar, a similar uh, thing I would say it would be compared to is when people say uh, Meeks, well, it's not Meeks, it's Miigwech. Like yeah. our, our ancestors, suffered greatly just to be able to still speak those words let's not shorten them yeah for sure right now it's just little things like yes you're paying ode to our culture by saying meigs but you gotta bring it home bring it home Mm. miigwech (laughs) have you i don't know have you ever thought of like becoming like a director Man, that would be that would be an absolute. You have so many great ideas. Like, I I kind of see you like evolving into something like that. That that would be really sweet to do. I I just feel like I have so much work to do as like as a filmmaker in in general. Like to, to even can it it would be a, that would definitely be a dream in like in years to come. Um, I would just really want to do it right, mm-hmm. like. I, I got so much respect for those those people, what they what they do, and just having that that large vision and being able to try to put it all together. Because right. me, I'm like a whirling like dervish of ideas. I'm like, wow, what if we gotta do this? Like, what? You know? <laughs> 
Um, so I think, uh, I think that, that would be a dream definitely to, to do. And, and especially like mentor young, younger actors and, um, yeah, that would be great. And tells, and, you know, have a hand in telling a cool story and kind of envisioning like where it's going to go. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, that would, that would be really cool. So you kind of had mentioned, um, a little bit about like, I, you were able to identify like the difference in drums and songs and stuff. And I want to go a little bit more into that. And um, I want to ask you as an Indigenous male in your own life, like out of acting, out of, the, out of all the stuff we were just talking about for your own day-to-day life as an Indigenous male, how did our culture impact you and your identity? Oh, man. It's, it's so, well, it, it affected me it greatly. Um just being able to deal with my emotions uh, was a big, was a big part of that. Um, and my, I'm really thankful for my uncle who was, who was there to, to kind of show me um, uh, the power of smudging, like meditation, um, just being thankful and knowing and having that connection to the land and realizing that, everything you give, you know, is what you, you, everything you take, you should give back, you know, like he, he taught me how to, you know, like offer when you take something from the land. And it, a lot of those, um, a lot of those lessons are just so kind of ingrained in, in who I am. Sometimes I, uh, sometimes I forget, you know, like where, where they had come from um i i don't know it's it it's 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 weird it's it's so strange to talk about i feel like sometimes mm-hmm. um so kind of like segueing into that did when, when you were growing up did you have access to your culture yes for sure like through through my uncle mm-hmm. um he was a he was a great singer he he sang with bear creek and uh, he was an excellent, excellent grass dancer. So I spent a lot of my time, you know, with my uncle and my cousins, uh, you know, doing that. And, um, he, you know, he taught me about the drum and, you know, like how it's alive. And uh, he just, uh, he made me feel like I belonged, especially being half indigenous and my father being like you know my mom being indigenous and my dad being non-indigenous I felt like I needed you know a kind of a male influence in my life to to show me what it means to be an indigenous man and um Mm. so fortunately for me he was a big part of my youth and unfortunately you know we we lost him when I was 13 and uh so I felt like I've always still been trying to learn more about my culture uh, as I progressed through, through life. Cause I, you know, I always thought like, yeah, look, my, you know, like my uncle will show me when like the time's right. And I was a young kid. Right. But then as I grew older, I realized that you have to kind of search that within myself. And um, I feel like Batchawana really helped, helped me gain that access. Um, I, I didn't get my name until late in life until I was 
16. Yeah, I was 16. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. And when I met Harlan, he really, uh, he really changed, changed things for me in my, in my perspective. Um, for sure. As you know, as you guys, as Quay, Quay knows, I suffer from uh, anxiety and, uh, and depression. And throughout my college years, uh, I was having a really, like, just in going through a lot, just going through a lot of stress, you know, dealing with the loss of good friends and, and just, you know, growing into a man. Uh, I, I had such a stressful bout that I lost all the hair, all the hair on the top of my head. And uh, it was like, it was a really, it was a really tough time, but I went to Harlan and, you know, I, I, I spoke to him and he, he gave, he gave me what I needed to, to heal. And I mean, I went to doctors, you know, Western doctors, I got shots in my head, nothing worked, but it was when I reconnected with my culture and spoke with him, um, my hair grew back. It's, yeah, it's, it's back and it's long and, uh, and it's you know, luscious. I, I also learned, you know, like the, both the, the importance of your hair. And, uh, you know, I really do feel like it is like the connector to my, my soul, I I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I feel so, I do, I really do feel so different, so much different. So yeah. Having my hair back. (laughs) I think that really long. Yeah. Yeah. About like, you know, connecting back to your roots and, um, like being back home and like with your people, like, you know, I, like this past year, like Quay and I are very open with, you know, like our healing journeys and um, like 2020 was definitely like just a super hard year for everyone, like everyone. And, you know, like we all go through our personal stuff, but um, I went back home to Thunder Bay for like five weeks in the summer and just be back home, seeing like Superior, like I was out on the lake. I was having bonfires. I was like, this is healing my soul really. Like I, so it really says something just to like, like what you were saying and, and getting back to your community and, you know, connecting with, with, if it's an elder, like a traditional healer, like, you know, and yeah. so that was really, yeah. thank you for sharing that. And I'm, I'm glad that you, you know, you, well, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, and I th- thank thank you. I mean, I don't know. I just felt like um, I really connected a lot more with my culture once once I got my name. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big part for me. Kichisabe. Uh, okay, Kichisabe. He Kichisabe. is here. Yeah. He is ready to rock the world. I'll edit the bio. That is. <laughs> yeah, edit to the bio. Okay. Um, yeah. So I was. Thank you, Dylan. Though. Yeah. Sorry, I can go off too. (laughs) Oh, it's okay. I'm just. uh, I'm just rambling. (laughs) But like, thank you for for opening up and sharing that with us and sharing like a lot of our podcasts. We talk about like what we struggled with, how we're getting through it, how we got through it, and like as an Indigenous male, it's so hard. I think to be open and express like, oh, I'm struggling. Oh, I've gone through this. 
um, to other people other than your immediate family, like 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 me or like my family or like Shelb or anyone else. Um, but it's so good that you. I'm so grateful that, and I want to thank you for being open and honest and sharing that because knowing that like Grace goes through something, I go through something, and now you that go through something, and we can get through it is so meaningful because I bet any of our listeners right now are going through it and we're, we're getting, we're getting through it. Yeah. You guys, you guys aren't alone. Like, um, I just want to let everyone know that who's listening. I mean, uh, things, things happen in life to, to everyone. And, um, I think that's a big thing, especially within like men in general, but also within the native community, we're also, very like stoic and you know we got to be tough and you know like you know show me your warrior face like you know what I mean like there's a lot of that and uh you you gotta hey everyone's gonna have problems in life and if you don't open up and you don't talk about them and you don't show a little vulnerability you won't Mm -hmm. ever be able to ever have any understanding with people and you know I'm hey like anyone out there you ever get so stressed out your hair fell out hey it's it's all good man um you can come back from anything yeah Uh, just remember to treat yourself good and remember to love yourself that's a big a big thing uh that is really big i had to come come to terms with that and not loving yourself in the terms of like envy but just being okay with who you are and uh Mm -hmm. who you want to be um right yeah and being who you are i i think that that's like uh, Grace has the next question, but I think that's really important to say, like, remembering, remembering to love yourself because of the media and, like, all that stuff portrays us as, like, these, like, annoyances to society, but we're not. Mm-hmm. And no. if we can do little things to always remember to love ourselves and love our community and, like, connect with our culture, I think that's so important. I mean, yeah. self, self-care is also caring for others, mm-hmm. you know? Like you ever hear the term on the airplane, uh, put your mask on before you put it on for someone else. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's what they mean. You got to take care of yourself <laughs> before you take care of others. So you can take care of others. Sometimes. Exactly. So put your mask on. Like even still right put now. Your <laughs> <laughs> put your mask on. Put your damn mask on. Um, uh, oh my God. I just want to say like on a personal note, like, I love having guests on our podcast. Like, I I feel, you know, like this new year, we're in this new year and it's, you know, it's, it's hard to like, I mean, everyone feels down sometimes. Like even last night I was just like in a slump and I'm like, I don't know why, like, I'm just flooded with anxiety and, you know, stress. And I'm like, why? And it mm-hmm. to just know and talk through like hearing Dylan's like, story you know everyone goes through it and we really aren't alone and if if anyone wants to reach out to anyone you know I'm sure they've gone through it too like you're not alone and yeah it's just so great so thank you so much Dylan and um I know kind of like the whole basis of our our podcast me and Quay connected on you know moving from Thunder Bay into St. Marie and, you know, seeking out education in a bigger city. So how was your journey through education and your experience with post-secondary? Um, that was like, that was one of the biggest getting growing periods for me because I was in, I was 
in the Sioux at um, Algoma University taking fine arts. And I, I absolutely loved it. Um, I was having a great time, but <clears throat> I didn't really feel challenged as an artist or as a person because I was somewhere that was so comfortable for me. It was always home. And um, a lot of the things that brought like joy into my life were kind of like leaving and moving on, like my friends and stuff. So I felt like uh, it was time for me to kind of spread my wings and and try to gain some new experience. I was just feeling kind of bored. And um, I was starting to feel, I, I was always kind of like a worrier always. And I felt like the world was going to pass me by if I didn't mm -hmm. go out there and just, and, and try. And um, I was really, I was ter terrified though of, going to a big city I, I've only been to Toronto once before that in my life like never and um but I known that uh you know in order to like to grow you gotta you gotta you gotta go so I, I went and uh I, I took graphic design at George Brown um no actually I started in uh animation and game design and oh it was a really, really intense program. And I was, uh, I was always decent with digital art and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I kind of found my, my niche in that program and transferred to graphic design the next year. But it was, uh, it was a pretty lonely time. Like I had, uh, I had moved in with my, my, my high school girlfriend and, um, mm -hmm. and you, everyone knows how that goes. Right. So, right. That, so we, we had broken up and uh, I was just like, just bumming, right? So I, I drove back home and kind of got my got my thoughts collected, drove back to uh, Batchelon of First Nation and uh, spent some time with my family. And then I, I, I went back and uh, I lived in a, a basement apartment and um, it was super, super lonely because school was very intense and kind of demanding and uh there wasn't like a lot of uh like cultural like when you walk into Humber there's like lots of stuff going on right so right. <laughs> EBC was just kind of it just felt kind of different like um it, I just felt like a kind of a drop in the ocean but yeah. uh I really uh started to open up a little bit and make friends with some of my peers. And I'm thankful for that time in, in because I, I developed a lot of the skills that I use today uh, at my work as a, as a paint technician, because you were constantly doing graphic design and uh, doing all kinds of applications with that. So it gave me the base of skills that I needed today. And although I didn't graduate, I made mm -hmm. a lot of the connections to help me um, succeed in film. I met right. a ton of people and uh, I was able to, to meet my agent through when I, when I lived in Toronto. And that's someone who immensely changed my, my, uh, my life and career and all of that. So if it wasn't for having the courage to kind of get up and, and leave Sault Ste. Marie to mm -hmm. pursue an education, none of that ever would have happened. Wow. And didn't you say a little bit earlier at the top of the podcast about like not being afraid to like take a risk or like go, go. What did you say? I said, I said like, don't be, don't be afraid to fail. Like mm -hmm. don't be afraid of failure because um, 
yeah, like don't be afraid of failure because what was what I wanted to say. Um, or don't be afraid to fail with enthusiasm is what I had read once. And by failing with enthusiasm, I mean like failing and then moving on to the next thing with that same drive, with that same purpose. Because yeah. no matter what, even if you fail, you're still going to take something from that experience if you let yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I, I didn't do that well uh, in graphic design, but I ended up becoming an actor through right. that. And, um, and I'm sure I mean, it like opened some doors, like that door closed, but other doors open. Yeah. Oh, 100%, 100%. And, uh, and I could still go get my graphic design now, I'm sh- mm-hmm. but I also have developed the skills through working that I can think I, I, I can do that with confidence now. But for sure. So what I want to say is don't be afraid to fail, but fail with enthusiasm. And no matter what, you're going to take something away from each failure. And then finally, that one day you're going to succeed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, failure is just success turned inside out. That's kind of <laughs> what I think, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, Wait, there's another one, but or like, no, no, no. Oh, no, that's what I was thinking of. This is not motivational. It was I'm like, stress spelled backward is dessert <laughs> dessert yes <laughs> desserts <laughs> okay sorry yeah but don't be afraid to build enthusiasm and that's exactly what you did Dylan you like went out there you didn't graduate but you became an actor and now you're on CBC doing the CBC <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean it's everyone th- I don't know you a lot you think you think you just get or when you see actors or stuff like that you think oh yeah. like you're just doing like and I'm not uh like rich or anything by any means I'm I'm just an artist who just enjoys playing playing parts right um I it's never and yeah if you want to be an actor don't ever make it about the money because if you if you think it's about the money man you're in the wrong wrong business um <laughs> you love it first and then money and stuff will come. Like, I mean, I've, I've made money working. Of course I've made money working, but that's not, it's not how you look at it. And if you look at it that way, then you're just going to go into doing it with a, with no fucking, you know, you got to go in with your heart, man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> go in with your heart. And I think that that's like a great place for us to, uh, end off with it I think that like we would definitely want to have you back maybe we're going to have future segments if you want to talk about relationships how I almost beat a girl up oh yeah <laughs> more food segments also oh my God. yes more food segments um thanks guys we got in some really like deep uh deep issues and like the like the whole trickster thing I was really like sensitive about that um mm-hmm. but i just i just want to give my love to the cast and crew uh right regard, regardless of what happened you guys are the bomb and uh i hope you I hope you guys have an excellent excellent season mm-hmm. and thank you guys so much for having me um sorry if i rambled on here and there uh i just i like i said i just felt like we were just talking catching up so 
All right. So Dylan, where can any of our listeners find you if they want to connect with you on social media or like, and then also what projects can we look forward to seeing you on next? Uh, you can follow me at dcook022 on Instagram. And um, yeah, that's really like my only like social media tag I use publicly. Okay. Um, and oh, and for, for projects coming up, um, you guys have to check out the new season of Letterkenny. Uh, Rave. Crave, yeah. Get a week free, FYI. <laughs> yeah, you get a week free. So you guys check it out. Uh, it's a, or on Hulu if you're in the States. Um, yeah. New episode just came out. New episodes, seven new episodes. And uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You'll see Tannis and her, and her boys. Yeah. <laughs> and Tricksters on CBC, which was. Gem. Yeah. Which episodes are you on again? Yeah. Um, I'm in the second last episode and uh yeah you guys also have to do yeah uh jade has a really great part in the uh in the new season so you guys gotta check it out okay and there's some really really great music by some awesome indigenous artists in there (laughs) so you guys gotta listen um so buy the audio tracks (laughs) yes definitely 100 percent um thanks guys love you thanks for having me Thank Thanks. you so much, Dylan. Real. Happy New Year. Miigwech. Miigwech. Yeah. Miigwech. <laughs> Bye, Mom. P. Happy New oh, Year. Toodaloo. Bye. Peace. So your podcast, Andy's know that life can be tough. And we want to end our episode with promoting the Hope for Wellness talk line. The Hope for Wellness Um, Helpline offers immediate help to all Indigenous people across Canada. It is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week to offer counseling and crisis intervention. Life can be tough and we've all been there. So call the toll-free helpline at 1-855-242-3310 or connect online to their chat at hopeforwellness.ca. And remember that your podcast entities love you.